Hello, Niners fans. It is 49ers fangirl Tracy here with SoCali Steph. Hey, Tracy, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Steph? Oh, it's been a long day, but overall, I'm doing all right. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, I'd like to let our listeners know that Steph is going to be covering a couple of stories that she and I have spoken personally about over the last few weeks, but she did not feel comfortable sharing them until she had more sources and they were further confirmed. Um, So we are going to get started. Uh, Steph, why don't we start a little bit with this Alden Smith, Colin Kaepernick, love triangle. I'd like to preface this by saying I hate these kind of stories because they're tabloid stories uh, and I'm not sure how much they actually affect what's going on in the field, but it's been brought up and it's definitely fans are talking about it. So I feel we would be remiss if we didn't at least address it. Right. I mean, this story has been floated on the gossip sites and it kind of followed when he was arrested and so I've not been super excited to report on something like that because since joining the Raiders it's really not something that has to do with the 49ers but I do believe um, that it is indeed true I think Smith is openly telling his teammates anybody who will listen and he's telling it as truth um, however, it's my impression that he's airing this dirty laundry, you know, basically partly to gain some sort of support from his new teammates and to mitigate the mistakes he's made while on the 49ers. I mean, how could he ever, you know, explain those kind, that kind of behavior unless it's something outrageous. So I've never pushed forward with that story, even though I've told you personally, Tracy, I've never pushed forward with that story because I just didn't think it was relevant. I agree with you. And I also think no matter what happened, Alden is an adult who has to take responsibility for his behavior. And things happen, people date, people break up, people date someone else, and it hurts and it's hard and it's probably harder if it's a friend and a teammate. But Alden is still an adult, and you can't handle things by vandalism and hitting other people's cars. Um, And that's just reality. So um, I really think that's kind of all we have to say on that, unless you have more to add. Well, I just think that it's being used and it's an excuse from other teammates to disconnect from Kaepernick altogether. I mean, I I understand that they were also teammates with Elvin Smith. They may like him. They may be friends with him. But it's something that they need to regroup and understand that this isn't part of their job anymore to understand that this needs to be separate and they need to support their quarterback and do their job. A hundred percent. And This team has a number of problems. It's not just that Alden Smith is no longer on the team. Um, It's really inconsequential at this point, but I do think that some of the players that have come forward, especially with the new Glazier report, has some of that coming forward. It's not all of it, but I think it's part to blame. Yes, I would agree. So moving forward uh, from Alden Smith and focusing on the players that are there and what's going on, I know that you have another story that you would like to talk about um, that is 
partially your opinion and partially things that you have heard from very trusted sources. Uh, and I think Steph and I both would like to take this opportunity to also say neither of us are there or have no. been there. So these are things that Steph has heard from people she trusts, but we want to be very clear that we're open to hearing other opinions. Yeah, absolutely. If someone would come forward, and I've asked Jed York personally if he would come forward and, you know, dispute what I've heard, but it hasn't come forward at this point. He may at some point, but at this point I haven't received any kind of feedback from the 49ers organization. But what I have heard from the players is that there was indeed some sort of altercation at a players' meeting, and a player stood up to question or blame Kaepernick for his own play on the field, and another came forward in defense of Kaepernick and offered support. And there was this terrible, you know, team split. And it kind of made sense to me as I was watching the 49ers these past few weeks, but I didn't want to come forward until I had confirmation. And now that I have had confirmation, I kind of understand why I, it didn't seem to be something that would affect the play. However, now that I've understood, the rumblings of this locker room, I can kind of understand, you know, why Glazer would come forward with players being unhappy. And I'm not saying that what he says is untrue, because it probably is. But I'm not sure he's hearing the entire story. I don't know if he's he's hearing the entire story from every player in that locker room, because I think it's split. I don't necessarily think he's on an island by himself. Because it's just not true. Um, we've had plenty of players come forward and say that they support Kaepernick. So I don't think that's necessarily true, but I do think he's playing into, you know, this social media platform or maybe what's coming forth from the 49ers organization. I don't know. But I think it's definitely not all the whole story. And I think thought about when he said that about him being on an island, you know, in the Baltimore game, both Quentin Dial and Bruce Miller were Kaepernicking after (laughs) big plays. And, you know, maybe that's a minor thing, but to me, that seemed like a real show of support for their quarterback, a real public show of support for their quarterback. So I have a hard time believing he's completely on an island. But again, I'm not there. (laughs) Um, I'm not there. And I... Well, I was just going to say, I think the other thing is what Glazer said, a lot of it has been spun. I don't know that it's all necessarily bad. I mean, he made a point in saying they're so confident in him, but his confidence is shot and that it's not, it's not that players don't like him. It's just that he kind of keeps to himself and the worse things are going, the more he kind of goes into himself. Um, So I thought that was kind of interesting as well. Yeah, and it's not altogether untrue. I mean, Cap is reclusive and perhaps self-quarantine, you know, quarantines himself in a way to deal with a loss. Everybody deals with loss in a different way. But despite the common misperception that he's, you know, it's due to his social media platform, I'm not sure, but he's very quiet in nature in general. So Mm -hmm. he's just very quiet person. And 
because he doesn't come out and say certain things when they're losing or doesn't come out and like, you know, isn't rah, rah against the players, you know, after, you know, losing battle, I think that that turns off some players, but not every player. So part of it is his personality, but it's not all about just one side of the story. I think there's definitely another side here. His offensive line has was atrocious the other night. Absolutely as horrible an offensive line as I've ever seen. And you're never going to see Cap come out there and say, well, what do you expect from me? So there's that too. Right. I mean, there's, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of things here that have to come into play. And one of it is that there's a subpar offensive line that cannot protect Kaepernick or give him any, not even an extra moment. Mm-hmm. To process throws, but it shows also even the play calling that the 49ers have no faith in their quarterback. And, you know, in my opinion, and this is totally me, my supposition has nothing to do with any kind of things anyone has told me, but I just think the 49ers are done. They have no faith in their quarterback, and they're just trying to get through the year. Well, I can I can understand that. You know, it makes you wonder. When you see what's going on out there, and the lack of any real substantive change, it does make you wonder if that's the case. Which- and if you look, at, seriously, if you look at last year, the way they handled things with Harbaugh, you know, the national media had all these published articles relating to the, you know, commentary of Harbaugh, any kind of thing, and then he lost the locker room, and then we heard another story, and then it was like this and that, and we knew then you know, early on that he would not coach the 2015-2016 season. And although those stories had some truth, those media reports were largely exacerbated to fit the 49ers' agenda. And now I see a similar thing taking place. I think that they... 49ers have succeeded at telling the fans and the media that Jim Harbaugh and staff were kind of the explanation of the 49ers woes. And here we are mm-hmm. in the next season and Cap is going to be to blame for this season because it couldn't be that the coaches are not you know, up to par, that the head coach, the replacement for you know the best coach, the winningest coach in football, mm-hmm. that replacement couldn't be wrong. And I think that we're really seeing a pattern here. And in as much as I feel bad for Kaepernick, I do see a pattern that he is basically being thrown under the bus. Mm-hmm. And whether or not that it's something that they can explain I think the 49ers have already made their decision, and I would not be surprised one iota if he were, he were benched. I mean, given the contract alone, which is something I have some feeling about, is his his contract. And I think that when you look at that, it's only guaranteed if he is injured. So mm-hmm. the one thing the 49ers do not want is him to be injured. And if you look at that, just at that alone, Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of explains why they're running the ball at third and long. Mm-hmm. And it kind of explains why they're not letting him throw the ball and being, you know, exposed to being, you know, hit. 
Mm-hmm. So the way I look at it is it explains a lot. And I think that we're kind of seeing the inevitable. And it is, it is unfortunate though. And it does kind of, it does make me sad. Um, but I, it's football. It's a business. It's a game. Uh, but you know, we are fans and we have favorite players and you want to believe the best of your team. And I think this has been kind of unfortunate to watch. I think what's been so upsetting to fans is if the 49ers had just come out last year and said, listen, we understand Jim Harbaugh is one of the top five coaches in football and we're so appreciative of everything he's done, but due to circumstances kind of be on our control, we can't work with him anymore. And mm-hmm. we're going to be honest and upfront about that, but we are going to try to find the best possible replacement. I mean, people would have still been upset and said, figure it out, sure. <laughs> figure it out. But I think the transparency and the honesty would have been a lot more well-received, at least in my opinion. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I don't think that, that Jed York and Trent Belke had enough trust in Jim Harbaugh and his staff to really take in what was being said. I think that they absolutely were doing their best that they possibly could with the personnel they had. But I think Jed York and Trent Belke couldn't let their egos and the fact that they picked those players and spent that money on those players be put aside. So, of course, they felt, and and it's true. I mean, if you look back, there were zero personnel changes. It was all coaching. So they really put all the onus on the coaching staff to make the change, and you can see the result. Mm -hmm. That is is very true, and we are (laughs) seeing those results week after week. And I hesitate to completely throw this coaching staff under the bus. I mean, it's been six games, and I understand that a new coach and a new staff needs time to adjust, but I think what's concerned me isn't that they're not winning, it's that they're not improving. And that's disconcerting. If they were, if it was, if there were close games and you could see improvements, it would be different. I mean, yes, they played so much better against the Giants, but you were, they were against a terrible passing defense. They barely beat the Baltimore Ravens who are a not good football team, no offense to them, because I know they work really hard, but they're a terrible football team, and the 49ers barely beat them. Um, And so that's what's concerning to me about this staff. It's not that they're not winning, um, because despite my tremendous optimism optimism that you're well aware of from before the season, it's not a big shock that they're not winning because of everything that happened in the offseason and, you know, what's going on. It's that there's doesn't seem to be adjustments and improvement. That to me is, is more disconcerting. And it kind of makes sense to me, Tracy, because I mean, think about it. If Colin Kaepernick had any trade value whatsoever, that would mean another team would take on his $14 million salary of his contract. Mm -hmm. And so if the 49ers don't believe that he's worth that, $14 million and he's been with them for six years. Why would any other team take that risk? Nobody would. I mean, it's just business, but Kaepernick's contract only becomes guaranteed for injury, which kind of explains some of the play calling. Why Cap Mm -hmm. is not allowed to run. Why he has this, he can't stand in the pocket Mm -hmm. long. Right. Mm -hmm. 
right? Yeah, the no, right is not wrong. on the wall for him. And I'm not trying to get clicks. Like I've told you before, like if I wanted to do that, I would have done it long ago. I make no money here. I don't want to make money. I have a very established career elsewhere, but it just explains so much. And as a 49er fan, it's kind of, it's good to know why Mm -hmm. it's happened this way. And I can understand, and it's complicated because along with Kaepernick having his, this season, the coaches, we cannot protect Kaepernick at all. We can't give him an extra moment to process throws. And it really shows that the 49ers have no faith in their quarterback. And I just really think that they're trying to get through the year. And this painful loss was obviously, you know, if we go back to last year when Jed York tweeted, you can really see the difference because it's like he had no connection. He had no grasp on the locker room whatsoever. And now he seems to understand that it was not just hardball. It was not just several things that have to go in a certain way to get a Super Bowl win. Not, not everything can be perfect. And whatever, com- you know, whatever drama compounded that, you know, additional commentary, you know, with Harbaugh and the lost locker room or whatever, you know, you have to see that parts of the stories had truth. But national media exacerbated that to fit the agenda of the 49ers. And I'm disappointed as a 49ers fan because I bought into it a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, I felt like, okay, you're going to go ahead and fire Harbaugh, who's the winningest coach in football, but I'm still going to believe in you. I'm still going to believe in what you have to to believe as a fan. Mm-hmm. And then we watched talented coaches sign elsewhere. We saw 49ers retiring by the droves, and we still do what fans do. We freaked out a little bit, but we stood by our team. We hoped for the best. And then this season, and it just Everything sunk, and I know, <laughs> I don't know how you feel, but I feel really disingenuous, and I'm not sure I can get back onto that same level, because, I mean, where does it stand now? I mean, is it just week to week? Do we just wait for our, them to just enter our quarterback, and is it what everybody's saying is going to happen? It's really sad to see that it's come to be so predictable that we as fans can actually foresee our quarterback bench even before Mm -hmm. it happens. Like, that's how I feel at this moment. Well, and I think, you know, what you said about week to week, I think that's what we as fans do at this point. I think it's week to week. Um, I know you've been a lifelong 49er fan, and I've been a lifelong 49er fan, and this is definitely rough stuff on and off the field. It's not It's not just on the field. It's off the field, too. But I think it is, at this point, week to week. Because I'm not, like, I know me personally, and I, I'm confident you, too, I'm not going to just stop being a 49er fan. Um, oh, no. And I love this team, and I love the players, and I think we all know I'm a huge Colin Kaepernick fan uh, and really wanted this to be different for him. But... At this point, it kind of is what it is. So I think it is week to week. And it's it's funny because in some ways the season is week to week anyway. 
if they want a chance of making the playoffs, which I'm not going to delude myself into thinking there's any chance in them making the playoffs. So I'm looking at this season as week to week in a different way as a fan. What is each week going to bring? What am I going to be watching? What am I going to be interested in? How will Cap do? How will they do? How will they adjust? Um, and I guess we go from there because this is not going to be a Super Bowl winning season. They are not going to be the home team at Levi Stadium in February. And they're not going to be going to the playoffs. I don't even, they're not even going to be squeaking in. I'd hate to be all doom and gloom, but it's just reality. My optimism has been shot. The optimism has been beaten right out of me. So now I'm going to be more. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's gone. It's totally Completely. gone. So now I'm going to be a realist because I totally bought into the optimism, but now I'm being realistic. And you know what? That's okay, too. It happens. I mean, there are other fans of other teams who never, ever win, and they make it through their seasons. And now I'm going to be one of those with my head held high and my red and my gold. Um, but, you know, I think that's what it is. It's week to week. Now you're just you're a fan week to week, and you see what happens. And this is going to be, there'll be ups and downs. They're not going to not win another game all season. Um, but I don't think they're going to win a lot more games all season, but they'll win some and, <laughs> and we'll be excited. Listen, I think if they win on Sunday, we'll be thrilled. <laughs> um, we'll be thrilled if they, when they, if they beat the Browns, we'll be thrilled. If they beat the Bears, we'll be thrilled. It's certainly more fun to win than to lose. But I have to say, in some ways, it takes a little bit of the pressure off. Maybe I can really just enjoy the game now. Totally. Like, there's no... I don't know if it was just after Super Bowl 47, but I felt a lot of pressure being a 49er fan and and having to explain every play and every loss to every Mm -hmm. fan, you know? So now, you know, you're right. There is some pressure off and I'm just going to enjoy the 49ers. I'm going to enjoy me being a fan and I don't necessarily have to defend every single thing they do at this juncture and that's okay. I'm, I still love my team and you know, if it takes another 20 years, it takes another 20 years. Exactly. And you know what? It probably won't take that long. It might take 10, <laughs> but it probably won't take another 20 <laughs> I'm a little, yeah. I'm not as, I'm not as optimistic as you. <laughs> I know, and my, and and to think that my optimism is saying it'll take ten. <laughs> um, well, I think this has been a really good uh, discussion. Thank you, Steph, and thank yes. you for sharing what you've learned and your opinions. Um, I know I really appreciate it, and I know our listeners will as well. So, all right. Um, until next time, our faithful friends. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.